Good morning, everyone, and welcome to this edition of Freeman Means Business Wonder Women in Business podcast. Everyone has a story, and on our podcast, we give a voice to the women whose story is meaningful, moving, and compelling. Today's guest is one of the most brilliant, most creative, uh, resilient, uh, beautiful women I've ever met in my life. Her name is Grace Futrell. Grace, thank you for being on the show today. Thanks for having me, Susan. Super excited to learn more about you and to share the you that I know with this audience. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I grew up in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I went to Louisiana State University where I got my my degree in anthropology. Um, After graduating with my bachelor's, I joined the Peace Corps where I spent uh, just under three years in Ukraine. After Peace Corps, I I came back home and I joined the federal government workforce, which is how I am here today in Washington, D.C. Wow. So honestly, I, I don't personally know anyone else who's devoted their life to such a beautiful cause as the Peace Corps. That's amazing. Um, living in Ukraine must have been quite an eye-opening experience. I always believe that we should travel the world to gain a global worldview, but you actually lived there. So tell me about a little bit about what you might have learned from living overseas or, or someplace else. Absolutely. So Peace Corps was definitely the most influential sort of life-changing experiences, as cliche as it may sound. Um, I signed up and basically told them that they could send me where wherever they needed me most, and that was Ukraine. So I had no background in any type of, you know, Russian, Slavic, Ukrainian language. So we go into country, the first three months are just intense language training where I learned Russian language or they tried to teach me Russian language at least. (laughs) Um, And then after those three months, they tell you, this is where you're going to live for the next two years. Um, Here is a contact in the community who will sort of be your liaison and guide. And that's it. They sort of set you free and you live alone wherever it is in whatever part of the country. Um, doing whatever your respective uh, sort of task is there, which mine was teaching English. So I taught English at the secondary school in a village in southern Ukraine. I cannot tell you. So you tell the story as if it's, um, you know, because it's a part, it's a fiber in the fabric of your life. So it's part of what Mm -hmm. makes you who you are. But from my point of view as a listener, my jaw is dropped. I'm like blown away. I mean, I, you, you fly somewhere where, you know, you, you just say, send me where you need me to be. They drop you down there. You have to learn the language in such a short you know, period of time. Mm-hmm. It's so fascinating. I, I want to say one of the things that I believe to be true about you and did so before this podcast and do so even more now hearing details of your adventure is that you are courageous. You are very, very courageous, um, and you are resilient. Um, I, I think that that would freak a lot of people out to be, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> it's very, you know, it's like you're, you, you're definitely more risk tolerant than most. Sure, sure. And it definitely, it, it took a certain mindset to sort of jump into the, the idea of Peace Corps. Um, I mean, I do think 
you know, Peace Corps volunteers are of all ages. We had, you know, 70 year old volunteers out there, which I think is remarkable. Um, but I think just after college, you know, you're sort of in this space mentally where um, you want to experience new things. Um, you don't really want to, you're not tied down to anything yet. You know, I didn't have a mortgage or a family or anything like that holding me back. So it was just sort of the why not now or never. I love that. That goes, okay, so you're not just, okay, courageous, but you have grit. Um, <laughs> I, you know, grit and grace. Grace has grit and grace. I think that's really fantastic. So it's it's scary to even think about it, um, at least from a mom's point of view. If my child mm -hmm. had done that, I would be like, <laughs> I, I think I would take up more wine drinking than I already do. Um, and I did not know that, that anyone at any age could volunteer for Peace Corps. Yes, there's no age limit. That's crazy. I don't know why I thought that it was for young people. Um, I'm not sure where I got that, but that's amazing. I think, yeah. you know, if things don't work out for me here, maybe. <laughs> that's right. Or maybe you can, you know, you can just take a two-year hiatus and I want them to put me uh, in, you know, Bali, not, <laughs> not Ukraine, but that is so fascinating. And, and is there some, like maybe one, I know you learned a lot of lessons while there, but mm -hmm. is there some major overarching theme or takeaway um, that you carry with you today because of your time there? Um, I think just the biggest thing I learned from Peace Corps um, just living in a completely different world where, you know, you don't have the comforts that you do here in America and how quickly humans are so adaptable. And you think about, I think about back now about, you know, living, I lived in a little apartment in this village um, in order to heat my apartment, which of course, you know, it's Ukraine. It got very cold during the winter. I had what was called a pechka which was essentially a wood-burning stove. So I would have to bring up wood and light a little fire in my apartment and it would go through um, the, the metal tubing throughout my apartment and that's how I warmed my house. And wow. Yeah, thinking just like how that just became the new normal. And oh then moving, moving back to America, you just appreciate things a lot more. Um, those minor inconveniences just don't bother you as much. I think it's great. It gives you perspective. I mean, people mm -hmm. who live through trauma and tragedy really don't generally overreact to things that are not in their control because they sure. know, you know, what, what, there's nothing I can do about this. What does the anxiety do to help me solve something I can never solve, even in the perfect circumstance? Mm -hmm. So um, I love that lesson. That's a huge, powerful life lesson. Well, first of all, I thought that that was just to cook your food, but it was to actually keep you right. alive. <laughs> no, that wow. kept me warm at night. Yes. Amazing. Amazing. Mm -hmm. um, you are hearty. <laughs> hearty <laughs> for sure. Um, let me, let me ask you this. So I think that that is one of the most powerful lessons that we can ever live in life. And lucky for you, you learned it early on that perspective is everything. You know, you mm -hmm. can't always control your circumstances, but you choose how to react and, you know, I think on, almost on every podcast that I host, this phrase comes out of my mouth because the women and men I have on my podcast are 
um, often courageous and, and often have great stories. So I will say it again. We win or learn. We never lose, right? That's so right. That, that's amazing. And, and look, honestly, I know where Ukraine is on the map, but I think I'm not, <laughs> not, not common knowledge. You know, I think a lot of people in our country right. are, we are so nationalistic and so head oh, down. Absolutely. Our, it's ridiculous. I, I went to school. I went to university with some people from all over the world. And they, and my friends from Germany would say to me, we can't believe y'all ride around with, you know, the American flag hanging off the back of your truck. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm like, oh boy, I get it. Um, mm -hmm. be very careful. Nationalism really does leave little room for a global worldview, which in my opinion, combats bias and combats, um, you know, bigotry. A global worldview mm -hmm. is the greatest tool we can um, have in our toolbox when it comes to being curious about the other, whatever the other might mean. Right. Um, well, you are a great living example of a global worldview, and I'm so proud to know you and call you friend. Tell me a little bit about maybe your proudest professional moment. I know that you have a long way to go and the world is ready for you. <laughs> um, but to date, tell me, I, I mean, you know, Ukraine is probably it, but I don't want to assume. Right. So, I'm <laughs> um, well, when I think back on sort of my proudest I would even consider it my accomplishment in life. It definitely would be the Peace Corps. Yeah. Um, the Peace Corps also has opened me up to where I am today. You know, they offer a lot of benefits as far as getting work with the federal government after service, which is how, which is how I got here. Um, so without it, I wouldn't have gotten my foot in the door and, you know, been able to be living in, in Washington, D.C. and working with the federal government now. Well, I have to tell you, living in Washington, D.C. is just such a gift. Um, I love it there. I, I mean, it's one of my top two. I mean, I, I almost think it's my favorite. I used to say Boston. Now I'm torn. Um, I really <laughs> love everything about D.C., except for, you know, the current administration. <laughs> but we won't go there. Um, I, I think it's amazing. I didn't realize um, how difficult it is to get in you know, a secure position mm -hmm. in the federal government. But that story, of course, who wouldn't want to hire someone with this great experience and with this, um, not just what they taught you, but what mm -hmm. you actively, proactively learned on your own right. and what you teach others. And I know you've taught me many lessons in the time that mm -hmm. I've known you. So I think that, that it's, it's, it should be your proudest professional moment or accomplishment or experience, if you want to call it that. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, and I think that you have more to come. I believe that, that, you know, it's going to be hard to top that I'll say, <laughs> but if anyone can, it's you. I know that for sure. Um, well, who along the way, perhaps um, you've had many, maybe uh, mentors or sponsors. Those are different. A sponsor is mm -hmm. different than a mentor, but let's talk about who inspired you or who was a mentor to you. Um, sure. So it's when I think about someone who inspires me to this day, um, it's surprisingly not someone who's sort of been with me my whole life. Um, but it is someone who I met when I was overseas and actually ended up bringing back home with me. And that is my, my wife, um, who I met in Ukraine, she is Ukrainian, or now she's American, actually. But yay, um, <laughs> a little so, bit of nationalistic pride there. Yay, that's right. Um, 
and sort of in the way that Peace Corps humbled me and helped me to realize that, you know, not to sweat the small stuff. She yeah. is, she is a constant reminder to me of that. Um, she'll, she'll tell me, you know, you, you're acting really American right now, which basically <laughs> means sort of get over yourself. You know, it's, it's not a big deal. Um, so she is constantly striving to, to make me a better person. And so she definitely inspires me. I love that. What a beautiful story. So first of all, when you said you brought her home from Ukraine, it's almost like the best <laughs> souvenir ever, right? It really is. Yes. <laughs> and then she seems to be the gift that keeps on giving because as any good alter ego um, reminds you to take a holistic look at your <laughs> choices and, you know, don't, don't just operate from your own um, parochial viewpoint, but mm -hmm. look at things in a, in a, bigger way step outside of your bubble and don't project so much but see how it is in the bigger uh, picture so that's a great great wife friend um you know alter ego and souvenir <laughs> yes <laughs> sounds amazing so um it seems like the two of you are very happy living in dc which is again one of the most beautiful cities i've ever seen in my life mm -hmm. and i've been around too so um i i might want to live there someday we'll just <laughs> think about that um, but let me ask you this, since the purpose of my business and my business model and my vision, mission, and strategy is always about supporting other women, and it doesn't have to be some grand scheme or anything, maybe even right. just day to day, how do you advise we support other women in business? Sure. Um, so the way that I have found probably just a sort of simple way to practice this um, is to seek out you know, women business owners and women in business and, um, you know, go and seek out their services. So for example, all of my healthcare providers are all women. So, you know, I've got my dentist, my, my primary care, my gynecologist, all of them down the line. I have sought out women um, in, in those departments. I love it. So I, you know, when you first said that, I thought, yeah, hire women. And, and I was thinking from a businesswoman standpoint of for services that I need, but I didn't think on a personal level, but I never even mm -hmm. thought about that. You know, my doctors and dentists and my uh, eye doctor, they should all be women because we do need that <laughs> extra uh, attention. We've been ignored right. far too long. Um, what a what a great great um, way to put your money where your mouth is and that's where right. your where your everything is. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's awesome. That's awesome. I never thought about that. I think I'm gonna rethink my providers now. There you go. Yeah. So let me ask you this: It's not always been a bed of roses, not for anyone that I interview, and probably not for anyone who has stepped outside the front door of their home. But um, we can always learn lessons. Like I said, winner learn, never lose. What has been your biggest challenge or setback and how did you overcome it? So, um, you know, I like to think that I grew up very privileged. I can't say that I've had any huge setbacks or challenges in the big scheme of things. Um, there have been roadblocks that I've overcome just by, you know, using the system to overcome it. Um, one of those might have been in getting my wife over here, immigration, um, 
a lot of people go through it. It's not fun, it's not easy, and it takes a long time. Um, and I think that the people who came before me really paved the way, especially for us in that we are a same-sex couple. So I was in Ukraine from 2011 to the end of 2013, and I extended my service a little bit longer because the fact came down to it, well, we obviously didn't want to stay in Ukraine because it's really not a place to thrive, especially for same-sex couples. So we wanted to come to America. Um, but at that time, the Defense of Marriage Act was still in place. And so even if we were to get married, we couldn't apply for her to come over there as a spouse because our marriage would not be legally recognized. So you essentially, know, it was. Let me just say really quickly about Doma. I can't, mm -hmm. even, you know, I, I obviously am much older than you, and I remember Doma. I was a, mm -hmm. a outspoken advocate against, you know, that it, the bigotry that is inherent mm -hmm. in laws such as that. And I just look back now and say, I can't even believe that was a thing. Like, here we are mm -hmm. today. I'm like, that's so crazy in America. That was mm -hmm. a thing in such recent history. It's crazy. I just can't even believe it. Our founding fathers. Um, and, and mothers who are not recognized, our founding mm -hmm. mothers, um, are flipping in their graves to think that we even had a law like that and that we have legislators who are so operating from a place of fear and not love and, and right. treating people who are Americans as if they're less than simply because they're different. Um, they, they choose to love differently or, um, you know, it's, it's just shocking to me. Now I live in San Francisco, so I don't face <laughs> any of that. I mean, everybody loves everybody and that's just the right. way it is and should be. Um, so what courage to go through that process before this was overturned. I was going to ask you to go into a little more detail maybe about how you responded. Well, like I said, uh, I was lucky for those who came before us and sort of paved the way because as I was supposed to be coming home, before it was overturned, it was in the works, it was in the Supreme Court. So our timing, we couldn't have been luckier when it comes to that, you know, if I had been in Ukraine two years earlier, there would have just, I don't know what yeah. we would have done. Um, but so I ended up extending my service for another six months. And within those six months, it was overturned in the Supreme Court. And I just, we sent, we sent a, our whole packet uh, you know, our, our packet to apply for her green card over to my mom. And we said, the day that DOMA is overturned, mail this in. Wow. So, yeah, the day it was overturned, I remember we, we texted her and we said, all right, go ahead. You can put the, put the postage on and send it in. Wow. What, a, like, so that seems like a small thing, uh, but it's no small thing. People, when mm -hmm. you mail that in, that is a life-changing document. I mean, look, nowadays you could probably do that, you know, online, submit <laughs> immediately. But what right. a big deal, the anticipation, waiting for the date on the calendar, whatever that date might be, not knowing, mm -hmm. and, you know. And thanks, Mom. That's huge. What right. a responsibility. She's like the Paul Revere. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> So that's awesome. You have such an incredible story. And I hope that as you grow older and more experienced in life that you don't forget this. Um, like right now, it is your book, um, mm -hmm. you know, 
don't let it become just a line in the table of contents. Always keep this story alive. Own this mm-hmm. story. This is an amazing, unique story. No one else can tell. Um, seriously, this is this is powerfully unique um, and has changed you, whether you realize it or not. It's made you a different person today than you would have been had you never experienced that. So we are grateful for all of those experiences. Let me ask you, um, I know how to reach you. Um, what if somebody else is curious about your story or wants to meet you or learn more about what you do or just wants to expand their network with um, amazing women who fight for equity in the workplace? How do they reach you? Sure. Um, I'm not too active on social media, but... That's a plus, probably. (laughs) (laughs) It's a life sucker. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you can find me on LinkedIn. Whether or not I will see it for a while is another question. I guess the the one... Yeah, the one platform I'm, I'm most active on would be Instagram, so you could find me there. And folks, let me tell you, I follow her on Instagram. She has beautiful pictures. You, you, you didn't mention that, but I think that's a skill <laughs> worth mentioning. Um, it takes more than just a great camera. It takes a great eye. And you are quite imaginative, creative, artistic. And I will say that, you know, people who've never made an error in, in their business setting or even their personal life, they're not innovative enough, frankly. Mm-hmm. You have... Um, <laughs> managed to master the art of photography and you know you're you're you tell these amazing robust stories visually like I'm a great writer I could write an amazing story but you can say the same story in you know with a thousand words in the form of the pictures that you take so I Mm -hmm. recommend you follow her amazing amazing uh her Instagram account so you are um wonderful and your wife is wonderful, and you are both wonder women in business, and I'm so glad to have had you on the show today. I'm so glad to have you in my life. So um, take care, and is there anything else you'd like to say before we say our goodbyes? Uh, No, I appreciate your time. It was so nice talking to you, Susan. You bet. Thanks for listening, folks, and look for the blog that I'll write about Grace in the coming 48 hours. Take care and have a good day.